This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required, points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reach the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last and are history makers at Wembley. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing... How the devil are we all? Um, over it yet? <laughs> Just when we thought things were going right. I don't know what hurt more. The fact that we lost to Arsenal or the fact that I had to do the watch-along with two Arsenal fans. Yeah, probably the watch-along with the two Arsenal fans. This is Leicester Till I Die TV. This is where you can find us. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Leicester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Broadcasting live worldwide.
It is Left It Till I Die TV on YouTube. If you're on there and you haven't yet, please do give us a subscribe. And if you're watching this on Catch Up on um, the old podcasts, whether that be Amazon, Apple iTunes, Google, uh, Spotify, or Podcast Addict, thank you so much for listening. The podcast just goes from strength to strength. Well, um, we went, we saw, and we didn't conquer. We lost to... Uh... Arsenal! Arsenal! Yes, we did, for those of a certain age. And uh, let me welcome my guest in who sat there very patiently in the green room. Rob, uh, uh, the Arsenal fan, you must be the happier the two of us. Good evening. Oh, yeah, good evening. Yeah, well, obviously, I, I guess I'm feeling a little bit happier today than, than you guys are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're playing well at the minute. And yesterday, I thought, was uh, another example of the current form that we're in. And yeah. I thought we deserved, we deserved a victory in the end. I think overall, and it hurts me to say this, uh, you did. Uh, I think what was disappointing, well, I, I say disappointing, I mean, I would never predict against my team, and I was predicting that we were going to win, obviously. You're never going to predict that your team's going to lose. Yeah, but, cool. you know, <laughs> deep down, 31 times we've played you, or well, 32 now, 19 you've won, and 13 of those have been at your place. I shouldn't have really been surprised, should I? No, maybe not. But having said that, the, the previous two seasons, you got a win and a draw. So, you know, you maybe had a little bit more recent good results at our ground. I know prior to that, you had a very poor record there. Um, mm. And obviously yesterday that maybe continued again. But I say I was a little bit nervous going into the game. But the fact that I say last season, you won the fixture 1-0. The season before, you got a draw. Yes, Vardy scored in both of those games and he wasn't available. And that maybe gave me a little bit of hope. Um, he seems to be the player against us that tends to cause us the most problems. And it was a relief when he was when we've heard he, he was unfit to play. And in the end, maybe that perhaps swung it in our favour. I think I think it does. I think sort of as players, you look at it and think, yeah, you know, that certain player is not playing. Uh, you know, we probably used to think that if Burbank Devin ever used to play in back in his day, because uh, I noticed you got the shirt uh, his shirt behind you there. Um, and I'd, I just, like I say, it, going into it, it was, I suppose, because we've, well, we'd won sort of, the, you know, the last four or five games. We seem to be slowly turning it around. We've had a horrendous season all in all um, with injuries and what have you. Uh, 22 players injured in some form or not this season, nine of which are all defenders. Um, it just seemed like another false dawn for us, but... You know, after after a horrendous start for you, which was, you know, you're doing a good impersonation of BBC's Pointless for the first three games. You are now sat in fourth position and your season's turned round. It has done. And I think that there's been several factors in that. One of the most important has probably been the fact that we haven't been in Europe and we've had less games. Yeah. Subsequently, we've had less injuries this season than in previous seasons. And... We've been able to get a more settled team. The new signings that we that we made last summer have settled in really well. And yeah, I think the fact that we've had less matches, you know, you guys have had European competitions. Um, yeah. A lot of the other teams in and around us where we are in the league are in Europe still. And I do think that makes a difference. And we've been in Europe so many years and we almost take it for granted. And it's only this season because we're out of it. You can actually appreciate what a difference it can make to your domestic Games, particularly in the Premier League, yes, we haven't done so well in the cups. We, you know, we lost disappointingly in the FA Cup, as of course, if you did to the same to the same opponents. Yeah, um, yeah. But thanks for you know, reminding me. 
<laughs> well, yeah, we, we were the last two holders, wasn't we? We both went out to the same team, which is... I know, yes, yeah. And um, it happened to be Forrest of all bloody teams. Well, yeah, obviously worse from your point of view, from that from that respect, I guess. But, um, yeah. I mean, they're, they're playing well, Forrest, to be fair, in, in the Championship, aren't they? So, you yes, know, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's having a good season. But, <clears throat> but yes, I mean, I, I do think it's helped us in the Premier League, certainly in the sort of... Um, this period now without Europe. I think all the teams that have got European games, I do think that affected you You guys at a game on Thursday in the, uh, the Conference League. We had a free week. And I do think that that makes a difference when the games are important and you need to win in the league. You can't rotate. You don't have to rotate your team because you've got one game a week. I mean, we've got a midweek week game this week, but that's an unusual for us going for the rest yeah. of the season. And I think that's going to be a massive benefit to us. And I think that's helped us get a consistent run of form in the league because we haven't got to rotate the squad and we haven't had injuries. I will, I will, I mean, obviously, those two things very, very true. I mean, when we won it in 2015 16, and I know I keep referring back to it, we've only done it the once, so that's all I can do. Um, we had no Europe, you know, all the teams around us, yourselves included, you all had Europe, like you say, we didn't mm. have that, and mm. you know, we've um, we had very few injuries, and both of those things we've got this season i mean mm. you 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 know you 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 didn't qualify for europe and i think what a lot of sort of um sort of fans that i've spoken to sort of have come have said about arsenal fans is the fact that you didn't even want you'd have sooner have finished eighth and not got the europa conference league yeah so, maybe were, were i mean that, were you in that camp to a certain degree i suppose i mean Arsenal as a club should be in Europe because, you know, we are one of the biggest clubs in European football. Historically, we, we've been in Europe. We've been in Europe every season since 1995. So, you know, as a club, we should be in Europe. And yes, the Conference League, this new competition, wasn't something that filled me with a lot of excitement, extra games and whatnot. But ultimately, it's a European trophy to win. And Arsenal yes. haven't won enough European trophies in our history. And that's something that we needed to put right. And yes, if we was in it, we would have been in it. And would we be sitting fourth place in the league at this moment in time had we been in that with all the extra games? Maybe yeah. not. Who knows? We, we don't know. We've got a small squad. We've got rid of a few players. We haven't really um, strengthened the squad in depth-wise. So it's difficult to know how this season would have gone. Maybe the, the, the whole project might have been different. We might have had to buy more players. We might have had to bring in players in January. But ultimately now, looking back on it, I'm glad we wasn't in that competition because I think it would have hampered our progress elsewhere. Um, at the time, at the end of last season, I was disappointed that we wasn't in Europe. One, financially, because of the, yeah. the COVID situation, the club lost a lot of money on ticket sales, you know, the ground being shut, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I felt if we wanted to rebuild, we needed some money from European football. So at the time, I was really disappointed that we hadn't made it. But looking back on it now, it's, it's a blessing, actually. It's turned out to be a blessing. Unless we could be in the Europa League or obviously the Champions League, that would have obviously, we'd all would have took that. The Conference League, yeah, ultimately, I'm not that bothered we didn't qualify. And you've ended up in it through the back door, actually, haven't you, in the end? Well, I'm, I'm, from my point of view, I will say good evening, Spencer. I'm going to bring you, your comment up in a minute. But, yeah, from, from that point, I've always said, what annoys me is teams like, say, yourselves, Man United, whatever, if you don't do well in the Champions League, you can drop down into the Europa League. Mm. Um, you know, we saw the other week, you know, Manchester or the other week, the other year Manchester United were sort of a spot kick away from winning a trophy which they didn't qualify for, they shouldn't have been in. They're almost like they were being 
um, mm. you know, congratulated for, for failure, if you like. And yeah, that said, yeah. now we're in it, but I don't think we should be because, you know, it's not fair on, on the other teams that are in it. I can't have it one way and not the other. But, you know, I mean, for a club like Leicester, you know, we don't have Europe that very often. I mean, I know we've had it a couple of seasons now, uh, but yes, it, it's it's <laughs> we would just take anything that comes, you know. Hmm. Spencer, I'd just say hello to um, evening, Chris. I think Brendan looked at the game as a free hit with Thursday games coming up. So why didn't he try something different to up front? I mean, yes. I mean, what gets me, and I think it's the sort of, we'll come on to Mikel Arteta in a second, but I know he's obviously taken a lot of criticism of Arsenal fans. Uh, and I'm, I'm very much Brendan in. I love Brendan. I don't want him to go. I don't want to replace him. But I will criticise him when he makes what I think, uh, for me, in my opinion, and it is only my opinion, bad decisions. And I think, you know, when we were 2-0 down to you guys, and he takes off a right-back and a defensive midfielder and replaces them with a right-back and a defensive midfielder. <laughs> it's like, put the white flag up and, you know, we'll... Because every game, I want to at least... You know, we might not have won it, but at least we could have given it a go. Hmm. I mean, actually, I was very surprised I was very surprised at those two substitutions that Brendan Rodgers made at that point because yeah. I'm thinking, right, he's making some changes now. He's going to get another attacking player on, surely. And he just yes. played like for like substitutions. I know Rick Ricardo Pereira is just back from injury, and maybe he was feeling it a little bit. Uh, maybe he needed to be replaced, possibly. Um, but to replace Mendy with Ndidi seemed a strange substitution at two 0 down. And I, I must admit, it raised my eyebrows a bit at the time. And you know, I'm an Arsenal fan, and I'm thinking, what, what's, what's that about? Well, that doesn't. I mean, that's the sort of substitution that in the past Arteta would have made, yeah. and I would have felt exactly the same, thinking, what's going on? And I mean, I can understand that he's, he's done it when we've been one nil up or, or two nil up. He's yeah, done it. Yeah, yeah. Course, he wants yeah. to try and hold on to a lead. I yeah. get that to a point, exactly, but I just—I yeah. mean, my, my reaction on the watch along was like <laughs> the, the, the bad language was spoken. Let me just say that. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I, ju I just you know, and, and I, I'm you know, as Spencer said there, yeah, he's obviously got we've got Wrens coming up on Thursday. It is our only chance of any silverware this year we want to give it a good go if we can beat them in the second leg and i didn't think we'd beat them in the first leg you know we're into the quarter final so we're not you know it's something to go for but you've got mm -hmm. liverpool coming up you know and if you're going to rest players like indeedy what was the point of bringing him on for the last 20 minutes <laughs> you know because you're resting him resting you know we, and, and bring you know tillerman's on for the last 20 minutes at least he's is a striker yeah it 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 did confuse me. It confused me totally. But I just want to look at, because we did speak before about this gentleman here, um, Mikel Arteta. He's very much a Marmite, man, Mar Marmite manager <laughs> for you guys. Um, and I speak to a lot of fans on here. And there's a lot that are sort of in. Um, the majority, I've got to be honest with you, probably are out. Some of them quite vocally so. Um but, I mean, looking at that, I mean, you know, I was checking the facts before the game. Mick, out of all your managers since 1897, on a win percentage, not on trophies, but on a win percentage, he's your third most successful manager ever. And I just don't know what, he, what he'd done wrong. You know, every manager has a bad season for whatever reason. Look at Rodgers now, this season. But... He's turned you around. He, he had a lot of Deadwood, I thought, to get rid of, which he's done. And, 
you know, this season he's got you up to fourth. You know, he has. And ultimately, results on the pitch are what matter. I mean, I do think that those statistics are slightly um, misleading, maybe to a certain degree, in the fact that um, we had a lot of Europa League games last season that we won in a group stage. We had a very, very easy group. We won all of those games. That boosts your win percentage, doesn't it? And, you know, yeah. I'm not saying that, you know, it, statistically you can't argue with it. He's, he's the third, got the third highest win ratio. I mean, he's had 118 games. So there's a lot of games there. So he's he's done well. Um, I wasn't convinced by a lot of the decisions he was making, by the tactics he, he was playing, by the style of football. But ultimately what's happened is, as this season's progressed, you can see the... His ideas that he maybe had at the beginning, he didn't have the players to be able to produce it on the pitch. And yeah. now he's got those players he wanted. He's got a, a consistent team. And you can see it's starting to work. The ideas are getting through to the players. You can see that they're responding to, to what he's wanted. It's taken a long time and it's been frustrating. But ultimately, I'm an Arsenal fan. And to me, what I want to see is Arsenal doing well. And yeah, I want to yeah. see Arsenal in, in Europe, in the Champions League, challenging for titles, challenging for cups and being as successful as we can be. And yes. if there happens to be Mikel Arteta as a manager who can bring us that, fantastic. You know, we'll love him forever, as we did with the previous managers that have done success for the club. If he can't manage to do that, then obviously, OK, someone else gets, a, gets an opportunity to do it. But ultimately, at the moment, results speak for themselves. You know, you can't argue with the run that we've been on over the last... 10, 11, 12 Premier League games, I think only Manchester City have got... In fact, no-one's got more points than us. I think we've got the same points as Manchester City. You have, and that that, and, that is my next slide, actually. <laughs> yeah, OK, well, I was anticipating that before you got it. You did. It's almost like we'd planned this. I mean, Terry says there, I can't understand Arsenal in fourth, but still some of the fans want Arteta out. Terry, look at Leicester. We won, you know, last season we won the FA Cup. This season we've won the English Super Cup. Some people call it, obviously, the Community Shield. I call it the English Super Cup. And people want Rodgers out. But that that that's football fans for you, isn't it? But, yeah, like you say, and this was just before the game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's the same, really. But, you know, you've, you, you had taken 28 points from the 30 available in the Premier League. Nobody was better than you. And Man City who are obviously walking away with the title at the moment, that they were the same as you. The, the results are there. Yeah, they are. And you can't argue with that. I mean, my only the only argument I would say a little bit is it's a very small snapshot of a season. Ten games is what, a, nearly a quarter of the season. That's yeah. all it is. And, yeah. you know, we would need to produce similar results to that over the 38 games to yeah. be challenging for the title, which is what we all want, ultimately. And, yes, we're not ready for that yet. I don't think there's any doubt with a young squad that we've got we have a lot of gaps in the squad in terms of depth but you know yeah. these last these last 10 games certainly in the Premier League you, the, the one defeat we had was to Manchester City in a game that we actually should have won because we played really well that day a few decisions went against us and we ended up losing so technically really we should be unbeaten in those 10 games and actually yeah. we should have more points than Man City because we should have got points against them we should have took points off them yeah. on that day so you know when you look at it you can't argue with that that's fantastic form you know, we scored a lot of goals as well. That was one problem that we were having, wasn't scoring enough goals. We are now. Defensively, we're solid. And, you know, I was looking at the game yesterday and there were spells in that game where we actually looked like a team that could potentially challenge for the title. Not now, but with one or two additions to the squad, one or two maybe more experienced players coming into that team. You could see this team being 
able to put a challenge in for the league title next season if we get the right signings in because we've got the ingredients are there we've got some fantastic young players we've got a system and a style that works with the players that we've got Arteta's got the, managing to get the maximum out of them at the moment which is fantastic to see the young players love him and if we can just get the right signings in this summer I actually feel that if we do get Champions League this season top four and with the extra money we'll have available possibly to spend on, on the transfers in the summer, I could see next season us challenging for the whether we could win the league or not, I don't know. But with the right signings, I think we could challenge. And that's all as a fan you can hope for. You know, you can't expect to win trophies because there's only a very few trophies to go around and there's some very good teams that are battling for them. But yeah. just to be able to feel that you can challenge for the title and challenge for the big honours, you know, put in a decent run in the Champions League, which we haven't done for a long time, things mm. like that would be fantastic. And I don't feel we're far away. I really don't. And I, I'm surprised myself because probably three or four months ago, I was kind of worried about where this season was going, worried about yeah. whether Arteta was going to be the right man to take us forward, worried about some of the players, were they good enough? But ultimately, they've worked hard. They haven't had Europe as a distraction, as I said before. And I think that everything's coming together. And we are almost, we're not very far away at all, actually. I mean, we're not even that far off Chelsea in third place. Yeah. In, in the points time, we win our games in hand. And if we were to finish third this season, that would be an incredible achievement, first of all. But secondly, it would really set us up now for going forward. And I, I believe we, we could potentially challenge next season Liverpool and Manchester City. We could challenge. We, we, we're challenging over the last 10 games. And I don't see why we can't, with the right additions to the squad, the right depth added, why we can't go and challenge them over, over 38 games next season. Yeah. I mean, you, you did the first double over since the, our Premier League winning season. Um, <laughs> so that's something else again. But I mean, th these these were the stats from uh, the game the other day. Uh, let me just bring them up on here. And you know, I mean, the possession was pretty equal. What always, and this does this is just my sort of bugbear here. Uh, I thought the game itself was quite yo yo. I mean, you you know, you had a really, really good start. Then we came back in it for probably 15 20 minutes. Then it was you. Then the second half, the start was you. Then it was one of those games, but you know, you, you had 21 shots on target and we had six. And this has been my bugbear all season with Leicester. Yeah, no, you know, Vardy's maybe not been, but six shots on target. You know, we should be getting more than that. You know, sorry, so six shots, sorry, three on target. Yeah. Whether they're on target or not, we should be getting more than six shots in. You had more shots on target than we had shots altogether. Were you surprised? You know, I mean, you, you seem, I mean, we've seen we've been struggling this year, and I honestly do think that is down to, to, to the injuries. But were you surprised coming into this game? That you know, it was as easy for you as it appeared to be. I mean, I'm quite surprised at those stats. I've got to be honest, in terms of the number of shots that we had, it seems that I agree with what you said earlier. Actually, the game kind of did have, have spells. I thought both teams had good spells in the game. Arsenal had a couple of good spells, Leicester had a couple of good spells. We made maybe more of our spells that we had. We did yeah. create more chances. We, we did obviously score the goals when we needed to score. About good times, early goal, and then an early one in the second half as well. And I think that was important. But, you know, if it wasn't for our goalkeeper again, who actually made some good saves against you last time we played you, you know, if that header had gone in from Harvey Barnes, made it 1-1 mm. at half-time, it would have been a different game. And yes. these little moments, and, you know, sometimes you can look at the stats there and it looks like, I mean, I know the possession was quite even, but mm. in terms of chances, you'd say, well, Arsenal clearly deserved to win that game quite comfortably. And it's easy to maybe think that was the case. But when you actually look at it, very, very small margins here and there. That one save made a massive difference because at 1-1, I think that would have been, at the second half, would have been 
totally different second half. And, you know, I'm sure you guys would have come out in the second half with something to really play for. And I think we would have, it would have been a much more difficult game. And would we have still you, you won? Hit, you hit the crossbar, of course, as well. That was, uh, we were lucky yeah. <laughs> we got away with that. I, I, I agree with you, it is fine margins, but I mean, is there any way sort of next season, just for the two games, can you maybe, you know, put Leno back in goal? Uh, <laughs> even Jay Leno, I'll take him, do you know what I mean? But can you just leave Ramsdale out? He seems to like turn it on against us. Well, he has this season, hasn't he? I mean, both games he's been outstanding, actually. And, um, you know, we've won both games 2-0 and you could easily have scored three or four goals in both games if it wasn't for the goalkeeper. So, yeah, he's played well in... I mean, he's played well all season, to be fair. And he's yeah. produced a couple of high-profile saves in the two games against you guys, which uh, is unfortunate from your point of view. But, yeah, I mean, um, he is a great goalkeeper. He's proven himself to be a great goalkeeper. And fair enough, I mean, yesterday there were, there were two great goalkeepers, wasn't there? Because, you know, Casper's yeah. been... Uh, an outstanding goalkeeper a number of years. And I thought yesterday, again, he, he played well. He made some good saves. Uh, we could have scored two or three more, which would have been a bit harsh overall, I would have felt. But, mm. you know, he, he's a good goalkeeper as well, isn't he? So it was there was yeah. two good goalkeepers yesterday. There was I thought there was a lot of good performances from both teams, actually. Mm. And at times in the game, Leicester played well. I didn't think Leicester played badly. I thought we had yeah. to play well to win, and we did. Yes, yeah. No, we did have like I said, we did have spells when you know we were we were on top, I felt, but we didn't take advantage of it. You did. Terry says there, you know, did we keep Telemans on the bench so no parading his talents for a potential buyer? Is is he a player? Because I know you were obviously all all the fans were going, you know, mad that Madison was coming to Arsenal in the summer, which obviously, you know, how did that work out? But you know, Tillemans. He's looking for Champions League football. I, I've said to, to to Arsenal fans, if you can offer him Champions League football and he decides to leave, and that's still up in the balance at the moment, you're in with a chance. If you finish fifth, sixth, whatever, and get Europa, he, he wouldn't come, I tell you, I don't think. Because that's his ultimate goal if he wants to leave. Because mm. potentially, you know... <laughs> Leicester in a position where he's looking round and he's got uh, Fafana, who's just signed a new contract. Uh, Piera, who was wanted by many clubs last, you know, mm. a couple of seasons ago, just signed a new contract. The young players, James Justin, just signed a new contract. Now, I, you know, it's, it's true what we're hearing, rumour-wise. He's looking at that and thinking, oh, hang on, these, these guys are all committing to Leicester. Let's see in the summer what... You know, and I think he always wait until the summer anyway to see which teams finished, you know, in the Champions League place. But he may look at it in the summer and go, All right, show me who you're gonna buy if you want to keep me. That said, he may still want to leave. If you're in the top four, there's no reason that it couldn't be Arsenal. Would you want him? I mean, it's a tricky one actually. I would have said maybe last summer mm. I would have took him. At the moment, I look at it and think, is that a priority for Arsenal with the position that he plays? Is that now a priority for us in our team? I'm not sure yes. if it is. We seem to have two or three players, Smith Rowe, Erdegaard, um, mm -hmm. who can play a very similar position to that. And both at this moment in time are probably playing slightly better than he is. Now, I'm not yes. saying he wouldn't be a good addition to the squad, but looking at what, yeah. Yeah, what we need, I think we need a centre forward, um, clearly. Um, I think we need more backup as more defensive midfield side of things. We've only really got Partey and Xhaka, so I think we need more bodies there. And I just mm. feel in, in the Tielemans position, as good a player as he is, 
we probably we're probably pretty well covered at the moment in that position. And I feel as though that you know there's only limited funds that we're going to have to spend. It will cost a lot of money, no doubt. And yeah. I don't know. I feel as though if we're going to buy some players in the summer, that wouldn't be our first priority in a position that he plays. I feel we would need to look elsewhere for other positions. But if we get all those other positions filled, we could still get him, add him to the squad. You can't turn away quality players and to your squad. But we had an opportunity, apparently, to get Coutinho in, in the January window on loan, and we didn't take him. Because, again, I feel Arteta felt, well, we've got players in that that position already. And Tillemans is a similar player in a similar position. There's no point buying a player just because he's a good name and he's available if you don't need no. him. And I think, no. you know, teams these days, uh, I don't, like you say, there's a lot of teams, you and us are, are amongst them, non, what I would call non-oil rich clubs that didn't spend in the January window because COVID has destroyed <laughs> their spending. Um, we said, you know, it's certainly been the effect with us, but... I don't suppose at the moment you're looking at it and thinking like, yeah, maybe we uh, we did well not to get Madison because he hasn't been on best form this season. Well, I mean, funny enough, at the start of the season, it seemed to be a, a choice. It probably wasn't, but Arsenal fans seemed to turn it into a choice of Madison or Odegaard. We hadn't yeah. signed, we'd obviously had Odegaard on loan last year. And I actually did a, a video at the start of the season before the transfer window had finished. Um, I was sort of saying I would have preferred us to get Odegaard. One, because he played for Arsenal last season already so he knew the club i felt as though madison maybe off the field wasn't quite as um you know a few issues off the pitch maybe with his lifestyle and this that and the other i felt maybe his character wasn't quite right for arsenal at that time so you know i i was quite happy with the decision that we made whether whether madison was really on our radar we'll never know but i was quite happy with the choice to sign Odegaard. and as the season's progressed that's proved to be the right decision the club made because Erdogan, I mean, yesterday in particular, and he has been recently, was fantastic. And, mm. you know, and even had we signed Madison, I'm sure Madison would have done well, but would he have been able to reach the level that Erdogan's reached now this quickly in the season? I, I'm not sure. So I think we made the right choice there and I'm happy with the choice that we I was happy at the time and I'm yeah. even more happy now that the season's gone on and he hasn't had a great season, Madison, for one reason or another. Um, and you know, well done, Arteta, for for getting the right yeah. from our point of view, the right player that we needed for us at that time, and it's worked out well. The, the whole team hasn't had a good season. That, that that's that's been the problem. But then yeah. again, like I say, it's a, I think it's a case a lot of weekends of uh, of um, Brendan Rogers going in the in the change room saying, right, who's fit? Right, you'll play, you'll play, you'll yeah. play. And he's been yeah. been doing it that. And I mean, you got the goal from the corner straight away. Number one. Yeah, yes, another one. I mean, we 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 kind of cut that out because, um, you know, we we actually used to do zonal marking. Uh, for some mm. reason, I hate zonal marking. Don't see the point of it. Uh, we'd no. gone back to man to man, and we'd cut that out. But you know, I'm, I'm trying to think who who got the first goal there. Um, uh, party wasn't it? Yeah, of course. Party, he, he lost Luke Thomas so easily. You know, Luke Thomas was on him. Uh, Luke Thomas was all over him. He went forward, went round a Leicester player. Thomas seemed to run into the Leicester player, by which time the ball was in and Partey was free to to nod it in. But he had a good goal and and that was well taken, to be honest with you. But it was an old frailty exposed by yourselves to us. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we scored a very similar goal in the away game, didn't we? When Gabriel scored that one, a near post header from a corner, and very, very similar type of goal, actually. And I think maybe, uh, you know, Arsenal would, um, 
I can't remember which player it was in an interview after the game had said, you know, or was it before the game? So we'd worked hard in, in the week, working on Leicester's weaknesses. Obviously, yes. we got a goal from a corner in the last game and maybe that was uh, something that we'd worked on and it worked. We only had two corners in the game and we scored from one of them. So, yes. you know, yeah. clearly we needed to get a few more corners, maybe. We might have won by a few more goals. But <laughs> I think there was a, it was obviously, it was a target. I think we targeted that area because we know that Leicester have conceded the most goals in the Premier League from corners this season. So, yes. it was obviously... Yeah. Arteta would have been aware of that. It's something we would have worked on and it was a good delivery, poor marking, but ultimately he got there, got a good header in and, and that was an important goal as well because the first goal is often the most important goal anyway in most games. Yeah. But certainly when it's games like this sort of a game, I felt as though if Leicester had scored first, it would have been very difficult for us. Um, you know, we had troubles against Wolves previously in one of our recent home games when Wolves scored first. We managed to win in the end, but it was a difficult game. And it would have been similar yesterday if you'd got the first goal. So that first goal was so important. And I, I was, I, I, if I'd been a Leicester fan watching that goal, I'd have been going mad because it was such a soft goal to concede, wasn't it? And it isn't the first time you've done it against us either. So it's almost like, well, you didn't learn your lesson from when we played it before. This exactly is one the of the things goal. that totally, totally sort of, you know, we got Colo Torres, ex play, you know, ex defender, yeah. play, you know, on the coaching staff. What's he doing down there? Yeah. It, you know, as they yet, we've got the worst record, and this shouldn't shouldn't be still happening. But you know, it, it is um, unfortunately. Talking of party, a lot for a lot of Arsenal players, and I thought he had a, an excellent game. But for a lot of Arsenal fans, he was he was your man of the match. I mean, Thomas Partey's been playing well, actually. Um, for me, personally, Martin Erdegaard was man of the match. I thought he was... He's, he's a fantastic player to watch. What I like about him is um, the way he kind of glides around the pitch. He glides past players. He, he's, not, he's not particularly quick. Um, no. he's you know he's not he's not he's not a dribbler with the ball he doesn't tend to go take it round three or four players but he'll get the ball he can shift it out of his feet he can pick a pass and he just glides around the pitch he's very similar in in style to Meza Ozil he's just seems to be he works a lot harder yeah and <laughs> he seems to, yeah well it's not no but and he <laughs> seems to be able to influence games now a lot more. I, I was at the start of the season. I thought he was playing well. You could see he's a good player, but I felt as though he wasn't influencing the game enough. He was drifting out of play. He wasn't getting involved enough. Whereas now his position slightly changed. Arteta slightly tweaked the, the, the team around a little bit. He's playing in a slightly different position in the team, and suddenly he's come alive. And yesterday, you know, funny enough, the last time we beat you at the Emirates was the Meza Ozil game that night when he absolutely his best ever game for Arsenal probably was. And yet last night for me was the uh, the, the Martin Odegaard game because he was almost as good as Meza Ozil had been that night. Just the way that he took he took the game on his little yeah. touches, his little flicks, his passing. In the end, you know, he didn't score a goal and he didn't get an assist, but he did everything else in that yeah. game. As, a, as an attacking midfield player, if you want to call him a number 10, he's not necessarily playing in a number 10 role so much. But in that sort of position on the pitch, that was almost a flawless performance from him. And he's been yeah. doing that regularly now. You know, the last five or six games, he's been he's been doing it constantly. And mm. yesterday was probably his best game he's had for us, actually. And it, it, I thought he was magnificent. Just the way he just... he just It's like he's, on, he's, like he's ice skating sometimes, where he just glides around. And he's yeah. just so beautiful to watch. And being a left-footed player, well, I do think left-footed players look more elegant anyway. Um, mm. And maybe he, that's another reason why. But the way he, he, you know, he's involved in everything and everything comes through him. All our best attacks either started with, with 
um, Martin Odegaard, or he was involved at some way in them. You know, he, he's just he was just fantastic, and he's been like this for a long time. And it's it's great to see because I say there was all that speculation at the start. So a lot of Arsenal fans wasn't particularly excited that we signed him at the time. Yeah. He wasn't a, he wasn't a marquee signing, was he? But he played for us last season on loan. You could see he had potential, and he's really blossomed. And I'll take, I have to take credit for that because he's, he's tweaked the position in the team to get the best out of him. And the, the manager needs to be given credit for that because that's been one of the keys to his upturn in form because he's been probably since that those sort of 10 games that you mentioned, that's probably been the 10 games when he's really started to dominate the play. And that's been one of the reasons why we're doing yeah. so well. We can't rely yeah. on just one player, though, unfortunately, but he's been outstanding. Yeah. Uh, good evening to John. How the devil are you, sir? Um, welcome along. Terry says, uh, well, if Arsenal keep winning, they'll have to shut AFTV down because there's nothing to moan about. <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> um, contentious, but I know where you're coming from. And, and John agrees. Your second goal. I mean, first of all, um, <laughs> controversial, I guess. But when, when I look at the, the uh, when it's a penalty, I always look at it and say, if it is the other end, how much would I, I be screaming for it? Yeah, I do, and I've yeah. got to be honest with you, with that penalty, if it was me, I would be screaming for it. That said, the idea of VAR is for clear and obvious errors. Hmm. And if you are taking as long to look at something as, as, as uh, you know, every move the, ref, the VAR guy was, but if you're taking as long to look at it as they were, then surely it's not clear and obvious, you know, and that's hmm. kind of what what peed me off with it. Um, yes, I mean you couldn't see for me when they were showing the replays on the telly, they couldn't sort of you couldn't see whether he'd actually did hit his hand or did it go down. He moved out of the way, but look, like I say, it was given, and you know I've got to say, yeah, I would have screamed at the other end for it. I think VAR, like I say. If they're taking that long, then it shouldn't be. He took it, and then we look at this. You know, now, you, you know, the question is, is he interfering with play? You know, is he encroaching, basically? But I think there's another player on the other side as well that was coming in that Casper uh, was shouting about. But, hmm. you know... Would you, would you, again, if it had happened the other way, would you have demanded it to be retaken? I mean, I've always looked on a player encroaching like that. If that player then scores a rebound, it's got to be disallowed. Yeah. But the fact yeah. is, the competitor went straight in, so it's made no difference to the to the yeah. goal. Yes. So I, I, and this would be if it's against Arsenal. I mean, it was there was one we had against Tottenham a couple of years ago, away for a last-minute penalty, Aubameyang took it. And um, the goalkeeper saved it. We had a follow-up shot, and the guy that had encroached for Tottenham and then cleared it off the line. Now, he wouldn't have been there had he not encroached because that gave yeah. him the extra yard or two yards to get there in time to clear the ball. So that yeah. should have been retaken, that penalty, on that basis. Yeah. And if 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 Casper saves that and Saka scores, I wouldn't have had any problem with that being disallowed because you can clearly yeah. see he, he was encroaching. He's then, took an, he's then got an advantage. There was no advantage for him encroaching there because we scored straight yes. from the penalty. He went straight in. Yeah. So it didn't... It wasn't even like... Even if I think maybe if Casper saved it, and even if Saka doesn't score, if he's involved in the next phase, phase of play, because he's he's, in, he's got two-yard advantage, again, it shouldn't be... You know, that should be looked at. But yeah. I think in those circumstances, he scored the penalty. It's made no difference. You, you can't really yeah. disallow it, can you? I don't no. Know. I mean, you know, I know sort of when I was doing the watch-along that 
Um, Melina and Anthony, the two, two, two Arsenal fans I was doing it with, I'm a sucker for punishment, am I? <laughs> and, uh, uh, basically, well, Melina certainly, with no way did she, did she want, um, um, uh, Lacazette to take the penalty. Uh, he scored, I suppose the only argument is because to me, he's not encroaching because you know, he's, he's literally he's just stepped over the line at that point. Uh, I suppose the argument is, did was he a distraction? Uh, but then I suppose you've got to turn around and say, well, in fairness, Michael should have been watching the ball and where that was going. Um, I yeah, think I mean, without that, without that, yeah. you would have won anyway, and you did enough to win. Um, but I just, it, it is sort of like I say, I think the fact that that had followed on from the what felt like twenty minutes to make the decision in the yeah. first place, and once yeah. the once the referee goes over to the to the line. Um, to the side to the camera, the, the side of the pitch, you know, you know, it's going to be given, you know. Yeah, they only ever go, they're, they're told to go to the screen if they're going to have to change their mind, essentially. That's always seems yeah. to be the case. That's what they do. If you know, if the referee goes to the screen, he's going to change his mind on the original decision, whatever yeah. it is. And that yeah. was, I mean, to be honest with you, I, you know, we saw 50 replays of it and. Yes, it did. It did strike his arm. I don't think there's much doubt it didn't in the end. But did that make any difference? I still think um, the ball gets cleared off the line. It didn't really alter the path of it significantly. No, it didn't no. stop it going in. And, you know, I, I personally, if that had been given against Arsenal, I would have been fuming because, you know, it wasn't like it, it didn't deny a goal scoring opportunity. He wasn't trying to stop the ball going in. He was literally just the way his arm happened to be at the time, you know, stretching to try and block the ball. And I, I felt that was quite a harsh penalty. I've got to be honest. It went in our favour. I wasn't going to moan because VAR no, no, have given us yeah. some terrible decisions this season and previously. But I personally would have been, and I look at it the same as you. I look at it, how would I have felt if that penalty was given mm. against us? And I would have been furious because that didn't, Make it was the handball mm. thing now is it's got getting a bit silly, isn't it? You know, it's oh, it's some, things are, some things are handball, some things aren't. You know, he, yeah. yes, it, the ball the ball touched his, his hand, there's no doubt about that. When you look at the replay, you can see it did, it slightly moved it very fractionally. But the guy on the line would have booted it out anyway, regardless. Yes, it didn't yes. make any yes. difference to that move. And he didn't, he wasn't trying to get an advantage by using his hand, he, he wasn't, he didn't even mean to do it. And personally, I, I would have. I, if that had been given against us, I would have been absolutely furious about that. And I'd have been screaming at VAR saying another decision against Arsenal. But ultimately it was given and it was it was very soft. It was very a very harsh penalty, I felt. But ultimately, I don't get this humble rule no. at all. I mean, you know, no. I mean, I, I, my, my shirt at the moment comes down to my elbow. Now, we had a goal against, against us from West Ham where it hit him yeah. there. Yeah. Because yeah. it was on his shirt. It wasn't handball. Well, I tell you what, put all the Leicester players out in long sleeved kit <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then just handle the ball in and that's technically go under the new way the rules. They're all goals, you know, and it's stupid, isn't it? I mean, yeah. everybody was screaming for VAR, and I think now we're just ending up in a position where we blame VAR where we used to always blame the referee. And I think, but it is a referee ultimately. There's two referees. There's a VAR referee and there's a referee hmm. on the pitch. So ultimately, what we've got now is we, instead of having one referee to make mistakes, we've got two referees making the yeah. same mistakes, and they're making them twice. And VAR's not improved things; it's made it twice, twice as bad because yeah. you've got two referees doing a, doing a, the job one referee used to do badly. You now got two of them doing it badly, yeah. so it's, it's twice yeah. as bad. And I don't know why they can't realise that. 
And, and it annoys me, actually, that the referees are always protected so much. The, the managers can't criticise a referee. Players can't criticise referees. Yeah. You know, nobody can criticise them. And they're, they're not held accountable for the terrible decisions that they make on a regular weekly basis. I mean, the inconsistencies of it, you know, as we said, something's given as a penalty, something isn't exactly the same kind of incident isn't given. I mean, there was that one, was it in the um, Watford-Southampton game where a defender had his arm up the ball hit his arm in the penalty area. It wasn't given as a penalty. Um, and then there was that one in the Arsenal-Leicester game, and that was given as a penalty. To me, yeah, the other know. one's more of a penalty than the Leicester one. I but say, I don't... See, it I, I, when it was just refs, I kind of... You kind of know that refs are human, and you know they will yeah. make mistakes. And you know, you know, without VAR, I don't know that that would have been given or not. But, you, you know, it kind of... You know, I know it's an old saying, or it evens up over the season, but usually it kind of did, you know. But I think with VAR, because it's like it's being watched, it, it it should be getting everything right, and it's not. But I think what they've got to look at is, you know, VAR is good, but it doesn't fit with the rules that we've got at the moment. And I think they need to go away and actually change the rules to fit VAR rather than trying to make VAR fit the rules. No, I think that's that's actually a really good point. And I think that's true because it seems as though um I don't know, see I always I always felt that VAR in in principle is a good idea because referees that the, the pace of the game, things happen quickly, and referees and, and, and the linesmen and whatever can't always keep up with the play and can't always get the big decisions right. And they wasn't. Now I never used to really mind that. Yeah, you'd moan about it when you're driving home from a game saying, oh, we were robbed of a goal, this, that, and the other. You'd have a moan about it and then you've forgotten about it 10 minutes later and you've got on with the next game. Whereas now, because of the technology, it's like, well, there's no excuse for them to get it wrong because yes. they've got the cameras there. And it's no good. And I agree with what you said before. If, if it take to me, VAR should be, look at it on a camera, look at one replay. Does it look like it's a mistake from the referee? No. Well, we, we won't change the decision yeah. if it's an obvious mistake which is what it was meant to be for then you change it but if you like you said with the offsides as well if you've got to spend 10 minutes looking at it it's not offside if you've got to spend 10 minutes looking at a handball it's not handball yeah. don't give it as handball and that's how it's got to be and there should be some way of not necessarily changing the rules of the game just changing the way they use var yeah. changing the way that they use it maybe and saying you know look at look at give the var guy in in the, in the studio with a screen one replay that's it. And if, and if he can't see an obvious error from what was given on the pitch, carry on. That's, That's the thing, is it, the obvious error. And like exactly, you say, yeah. you, you have to take 20 looks at it. It's not obvious. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be exact. It doesn't, you know, when they do the offside, it doesn't matter if he's a millimetre offside. If it isn't obviously offside, then don't give it as offside. The advantage should be to the attacking team and want more goals in the game. Yeah. So they need to change the way they use VAR, maybe, rather than maybe adapting the rules because I think if you adapt the rules for VAR then the game's going to become very robotic and I don't yeah. think that's the right way I think we should let the game flow and only check the replay once or twice that's it with maybe a different angle you've got the referee's view check it from a slightly different angle is that a, is that a mistake by the referee no play on that's yeah. all it needs to be used for and that way you'll get the the, the real errors right and everything else will just be down to because I don't think you can take too much away from the referee on the pitch. The referee on the pitch has got no. to be the referee the game. Yes. And unless he's made a, a a really bad error or the linesman's made a bad error with an offside, yeah. then put that right. We've got the opportunity to put that right, and that's what we should use. But don't just I mean, use it for everything. It doesn't have to be it in the FA Cup right. when um, when I mean Chilwell's 
equaliser. And yeah. that had again been the other way around and it wasn't given. I, I mean, he was literally yeah. millimeters yeah. offside. Yeah. But it yeah. had to be given because they'd been given all season. Uh, Imran says there, and good evening, Imran. How are you? Uh, welcome along. I think your first time tonight. I've not seen you before, but you're most welcome. Thanks for joining us. Um, it should be used for blatant handballs or blatant, like you say, blatant mistakes. That's what it should mm. be used for. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, yeah. sending the wrong player off. We are making football too scientific. Very, very much so. I mean, for me as yeah. well, I mean, I, I, I have a couple of ex-players that come on here. And when you, when you look at sort of the players that play in the Premier League, the English players, the chances are they're going to have some sort of media career probably after that. But lower championship down to League One, League Two, when they retire, those players aren't going to be sort of in you know in, in the media much. They, I'm sure they would love to be like VAR referees, and those players will look at it and go, "Yeah, he couldn't have got his hand out of the way." You know, he yeah, would look exactly. at that yeah. and go, "Yeah, here's no, his yeah. hand." You know, yeah. he'd yeah. look at that and go, "Yeah, he couldn't really get his hand out of the way, so it shouldn't really be a penalty," and that's. I, I, I don't. The other option is obviously just get rid of offside altogether. Certainly, that would be one way of clearing. Well, I mean, I, I don't know whether or not, I don't know what impact that would have on the game. There'd be more goals, I suspect. But then would teams would just defend deeper and deeper, wouldn't they? Because they wouldn't be able to have a high line because no, always no. could just uh, have 25 yards of space to run into. So I think it would change the way football was played. And I don't know about, I think with offside, you just have to, if you have to draw a line, it's not offside, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's got to be. I think there needs to be some sort of um, space between the last defender and the striker. If it's just literally you're, you're level with them, but maybe your toenail slightly ahead, or your elbow slightly ahead, or yeah. your nose is slightly ahead, you can't give offside for that. You just yeah. can't, it's ridiculous. It should me, be. You need to be that's not an, what sort of advantage is that to the attacking player? If you're virtually level with the defender, but your, your toenails ahead of him, that's no that's no advantage, is it? Let's be honest. It's yeah. only an advantage if you're ahead of the player. You're maybe a yard ahead of the player, and you've got yeah. that. Like we said with the second thing in the penalty area, he had an advantage there because he was clear of the defender, wasn't he? He was in the box, yeah. and yeah. that was that was an, a clear advantage. And if the ball would come to him, you can't allow him to have that advantage. And if that's should yeah. be the same with offside. If he's clearly there's a gap between him and the defender, he's offside. If there's not, he's not offside. That's bad defending. The defender hasn't got up quick enough. That's the defender's fault, and he should be punished. Agree totally. And I think um, it, it's like it should just be feet because you know. Well, you, yeah. Yeah, if your hands are, are yeah, that shouldn't be that. That should just be feet, and there should be a gap. There should be sort of fresh air, sunshine, whatever you want to yeah. say, between the back yeah. of the attacker's foot and the front of the defender's. And if there's not, Absolutely. then it, to mind, it's technically not offside. Imran, I hope you're having a good time in Kenya. I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> right, Statman, uh, Statman, Stub, Stephen. Good evening. How are you, sir? Welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Um, just quickly on this one, then. Any Leicester players actually impress you from that game? Well, there's one that always impresses me, Harvey Barnes. I think he's a fantastic mm. footballer. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, yesterday he was the big threat, wasn't he? He, he had two or three yeah. efforts at goal, um, and he was the player that was causing us the most problem. I mean, I do think that maybe Brendan Rodgers had targeted our right back because it's Cedric and he's had a few problems. I thought he did quite well, actually, in the end, Cedric. He's been mm. playing quite well. But you could see that was the target. Harvey Barnes is a very, very good player. And he really does impress me. And I thought he was Leicester standout player yesterday. Again, I mean, pretty much every time I watch Leicester, and he, he's playing. I, I love Harvey Barnes. I think he's yeah. a fantastic footballer. He's great to watch. 
and he's a threat, isn't he? He's going, he's going goals, and he's a, he's a, he's a big threat. And I thought he's played well. We don't rely. I mean, everybody says about Vardy, but we don't rely just on Vardy. Luckman, if he's on Tielemans, yeah. we know he's got a shot on him. Barnes is, is as well. And down that left hand side, you've got Luke Thomas, Kieran Dewsbury Hall. And Harvey Barnes, all of who came mm. through the academy together, and it's that the link-up play that they've got is is yeah. is unbelievable, you know. And when, when you watch them, uh, Imran yeah. says Barnes is good, just needs to improve his decision making and finishing. Yeah, kind of does, but he's getting better, you know. And, and he scores some scorchers, really. You yeah, know, but, he's, a, he's a great. Uh, I, I love Harvey Barnes. I think he's a really good player, and yeah. I, you know, I think he's got a. He'll have a great chance of getting in England squad for the World Cup, won't he? I think the way. He's I think playing. so. Yeah, I think so. And this is the thing we're like, you know, James Justin has just signed the new contract. You know, he was being talked about as as, as being in the England squad until he got you know season long, virtually season long injury. Well, I mean, looking at that table there, I mean, you're in fourth. Uh, the Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal there, all with just green, 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 green. You know, it's like it's like a Tom Jones song, isn't it? The green grass at home. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all wish that our teams were like that. You're in fourth. You've got two games on Chelsea, and you're eight points behind. Uh, mm. You've got three games on Man United, and you won in front. I mean. Everybody who watches this channel channel regularly will know I, I have a bit of fun with the uh, with the Arsenal fans. Uh, it's mainly the sort of you know that that we should be in the Champions League because we always have been. You know, <laughs> and, uh, not that you know not that we've got to earn our right to be there. We should just be there. Uh, and I so I do get wound up, but I've got to say, and I did say this before the game: if you don't get fourth, you've thrown it away. Looking at that league table now. You would have to say that's that's the case because, like you said, we've got three games in hand on Man United, three games in hand on West Ham, three games in hand on Wolves. You know, we've got a game in hand on Tottenham, and we've got a six-point advantage. We do have to play Tottenham as well. Still, um, we have to play Man United and West Ham as well. So, you know, yeah. we've got Chelsea to play Liverpool. We've got some tough games, and ultimately they're going to decide it. But no, in the position that we're in now, if we don't finish in fourth, you'd have to say that that we have we've blown it. It may be similar position. I mean, you, you guys have been in a similar position the last couple of seasons. Yes. And you've yes. ended up finishing fifth. So yes. we don't we're not going to take it for granted that we've got fourth place because looking at the fixtures that we've got to come, there's a lot of fixtures that stand out for me as a concern. You know, mm. games that traditionally in recent years we haven't done very well in. And it only takes two or three defeats to some of them teams around us. And suddenly we've got the games in hand, or we did have, the points yeah. soon get eaten up, and then suddenly we're playing catch up again. And <laughs> We're in a good position at the moment. We're in a better position than any of us could have anticipated we'd be yeah. after 26 games, let's be honest. And yes. yes, when you look at the league table, it would be massively disappointing at this point if we didn't finish in the top four. But mm -hmm. we know Man United know how to get the job done. Um, you know, Tottenham, if they can get their act together, show a bit more consistency, they've got a chance. You know, um, it's, it's not going to be easy, but... We're not going to have a better chance than we were in currently. We have we haven't had a chance like this to get in the Champions League for a long time, and we no. need to take it. We need to take advantage of the fact that other teams are maybe so consistent this year. We haven't got Europe. Man United are in Europe still. You know, West Ham are in Europe still. So we've got a massive advantage, and yeah. we've got to we've got to take advantage. We've got to make that count. We've got to because if we don't get the Champions League this year, will we be able to re rebuild enough to to 
be able to challenge next year. Other teams are going to be stronger next year. Man United will be stronger next year. Tottenham could potentially be stronger next year. You know, you, you know yourself. Well, maybe... again, like, like, like you're saying there, and just to say, Imran, yeah, joking about bottling it, I don't like that phrase because I don't think a team bottles it. You know, I don't think we bottled the last two years. I think we just didn't. You know, we weren't consistent enough, and that's what it all mm. is. We were inconsistent at the wrong time, which was the back end of the season. But yeah. Man United may, if they get fourth, I mean, depending on which of those players get that fourth spot, and we are presuming that, you know, it's going to be um, City, Liverpool, Chelsea, in some order in the top three. But they won't necessarily be getting any better players than you because you might still be in the Europa League. But then, so might Man United, so might Tottenham, you know. And you're still going to attract decent players because you can offer Europe where maybe the teams like Wolves and Leicester and what have you, we can't. Um, it might just take a little bit longer to, 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 to sort of build up, if you like, sort of thing. But um, it is going to be, I can say, I... I Anthony Zinn, who did the watch along with me, uh, please don't listen to this, Anthony, because I'm never going to say it again. But if I, if I had to choose between Arsenal and Man United to, for that fourth place, I'd sooner want Arsenal. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. And that, that hurts to say that. That really hurts. I think it's, I like, it's like picking your favourite child. You know, it's impossible. To, to be honest, I think most neutral football fans would probably say the same because I don't think Man United are particularly well liked, are they, outside of no. Manchester United fans? So I think, you know, we, we've maybe got the support of a few neutrals challenging for that top four maybe this season. I think. A, more people want us to get it than, than maybe Man United or, or or Tottenham probably as well. So, you know, but ultimately, I in a way, I actually prefer it if people are against us because it's maybe more of a, it, it's better when you achieve something when nobody's wanted you to, you know, and maybe that, that's something I quite like, but that's maybe for years of Arsenal not being particularly popular, I guess. But, but I don't know. I mean, it is in our hands, as you've said, and it, it is a massive opportunity for us. And with the young squad that we've got, it would be uh, a fantastic achievement as well, I think, for us to have finished yeah. top four this season. No one would have, before the season started, we finished eighth for the last two seasons. We started with those three defeats, as you said, bottom of the league, no points. And for us to even be in a position that we're challenging for the top four is an achievement in itself. But if we can actually mm -hmm. go on and do it, then it would be it would be incredible, really. And it would be, yeah. you know, yeah. our, our, our tetter would need to take a massive amount of credit for that. He, he would have to be in with a shout of manager of the year, actually, mm. with the, the squad that he's got, yeah. the, the age of the squad, which is the one that was pretty, I think it's the youngest sort of starting squad in, in the Premier League. And for him yeah. to have done yeah. that this season, he'd have to be in the running for, he won't win it, obviously, because whoever wins the league tends to get manager of the year, even though yeah, well, yeah. he's yeah. the most yeah. money. You know, I mean... It isn't right. I mean, you know, no, it did Pep... Sort of deserve it over the Sheffield United manager when he, you know, got no, them in. Of course, he didn't. Of course he didn't. You've got to look at you've got to look at the resources available, haven't you? And yeah. who's yeah. got who's got the most out of the resources that they've had at their disposal? Exactly. That's to be the manager yeah. of the year. And just because you've won the league doesn't necessarily mean you've done that. Because let's face no. it, with, with the money Man, Man City have got, with the players that they've got, you'd have to be a pretty poor manager not to have them challenging for the league, wouldn't you? Let's be honest. You know, exactly. so I think exactly. you have to look at it like that as well. And maybe they need to rethink the manager of the year thing and. Yeah, what, what well, it, it looks it? better giving it to Pep than it does to you know somebody outside yeah, the league, so to speak. Yeah. Anthony says, Yeah, I hope we get fourth, but I can see Arsenal being Arsenal and slipping up. Anthony, seeing as you're in, and I'm sure if any Arsenal fans, apart from yourself and, and, and yourself there, Rich, are watching this, I'll do this. I wasn't going to do it today, 
but let, let, let's just do it anyway. We just lost the Spurs contingent. Anthony absolutely loves this. Just an update to all football fans out there that since Tottenham last won a trophy, it is 14 years, 14 days, 2 hours, 31 minutes and 4 seconds. So just just so Tottenham sort of know where they, where they are. In the, in and the it, and, if, and if, if we wanted to look at the last time Tottenham won a trophy that mattered i.e. something like the, the league title or the FA Cup. Now, now be careful then, there because we won a couple of league cups as well. So don't do be no, no, missing but, that. Yeah, but you see, you're, you're, you're Leicester and you don't claim, you don't pretend to be uh, a big club in the sense that Tottenham do. So, yes. you know, yeah. and you've won, I mean, you've won the league more recently than we have. So I'm not going to start saying anything else. <laughs> you certainly won yeah, the league exactly. a lot more recently. Than, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since we've, since we've seen that. So, you know, yeah. but, you know, Tottenham pretend they're a big club and they've won two league titles in their entire history. And the last one was in 1961. So, yeah. you know. Huddersfield won more league trophies than Tottenham. So does that make yeah. Huddersfield a big club? Apparently, well, yes, when I put that argument to Tottenham fans, but. Well, I mean, it's I mean, Tottenham fans need to kind of get a grip on reality, really. You know, their yeah. their their biggest achievement in their whole life is finishing above Arsenal. That's it. That's all they strive for every single season. And the last few years, they've achieved it. Fair play to them. But ultimately, I don't really care about that. What I care about is winning trophies every so often. And Tottenham seem to have a very um, they don't seem to you know for whatever reason they don't seem to like winning trophies, do they? They they no. take they take pride in the fact that their two strikers have got the most goal combinations in Premier League history, as though that's an achievement. You know, it doesn't matter. Maybe they've got a rosette in the couple of rosettes in the uh, well, yeah. I say trophy cabinet, Let, let's call it a pantry. You've got a bigger <laughs> trophy cabinet than Tottenham. Tottenham uh, than you've, got bigger, you've got a bigger trophy cabinet behind you than what Tottenham has. <laughs> yeah, this is true. This, and there's more in it. There's more in there's it. There's more in it. Exactly. There is, yeah. Exactly. Rich, thank you so much. Well done for yesterday. It does hurt to say that, but I've got to say, for most, it was disappointing because we, we just seemed to be getting into the, the winning ways again. And we thought we'd got sort of last season's form back. But overall, like I say, I've got to say you, you deserved it. So well done. Thanks for coming on. Give everybody a shout out. Your links are in the description below on YouTube. But just give a shout out to, to where everybody can find you. Yeah, the channel's over and over and over again. Um, we do a load of good stuff on Arsenal. We cover the Arsenal women as well, which is something that um, I really enjoy. Well, I'm going to the games at the Emirates in a couple of weeks' time. There's two women's games playing at the Emirates. So I'm going to them. And we do cover the Arsenal women, which not many channels do. So that's that's, that's a bonus. But if you do like women's football, um, that's worth a watch as well. But, yeah, we cover all the Arsenal stuff. We have a couple of regular shows a week and watch alongs and all kinds of stuff as well. So I like to focus on the history as well of football, but of Arsenal as well. I, I feel history is important, you know, not just because Tottenham don't have one and, and Chelsea don't really have much of a history. But I like mm. to focus on history because I think it's important in football. You know, where, where you've come from and all those great moments and memories from pre... And even if, you know, even if you are a Tottenham fan and you haven't got memories of winning stuff, you still have great memories of watching the team play. And all things like that's important, isn't it? I think the history of football and we've seen now modern football's changed with VAR and everything else. And I quite like, I quite liked, you know, football back in the day when, I don't know, it just seemed more, more natural, more real. And now it just seems to be taken away from us a little bit. And, you know, I like to kind of look back on those days and, 
you know, even maybe people will probably disagree and say football now is better, but I don't think it is. I, I prefer the I take me back to the 80s or the 90s anytime, and I'd be quite happy. But anyway, we so we focus a lot on, on those sort of eras as well on the channel just because. When I, just I was a lad, yeah, you hear proper. It's a bit like that, it is a little bit like that, but it is, it is fun as well. We do have a lot of fun with it, but yeah, I mean. I, I personally like like them days better, but anyway, you know, football's what it is, and we have to enjoy it as much as we can. Yeah. Imran says it ruined his evening. Uh, Arsenal was a better team. We were negative. Arsenal deserved the win. Yeah, it hurts to say it, but sometimes you, you've just got to say it. Get over and follow uh, Rich. He's, he's, uh, he has got a good channel over there. I said the links to your YouTube, and you've got a couple of uh, Twitter accounts, personal and the, gun, the, the, the Gunner one we can see there uh, on the screen. Thanks so much for coming on. Good luck for the rest of the season. Like I say, let's uh, let's see if we're going to be talking uh, about you being in the Champions League next year. But fingers crossed well, for you. Let's hope so. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, I enjoy watching your channel as well. You, you do some great stuff. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah. Thank you very to, much. Great Thank to you. chat to you again. No worries, it was only just today I realised that because when um, you're on, say, Dan's channel and he says, Rich, I hadn't put you and over and over oh, right, and yeah. together. So I'm a yeah. bit slow. I am a bit... I'm a, <laughs> I'm like no, a Marty no. <laughs> when he wakes up. <laughs> but uh, thanks very much for that. It means a lot. And take care. And I'm sure we'll speak again before the end of the season. Oh, I'm sure we will. Take, take care. I'll probably see you on Dan's channel anyway. And more than likely. I'm, not, <laughs> I'm on there on Friday as always. <laughs> yeah, I love that <laughs> thanks show. Thanks very much, mate. Really. Take Cheers, care. Mate. Cheers, Cheers, thanks thanks take it easy. Bye-bye. Uh, thanks to Rich there. Nice of him to come on. Uh, magnanimous in winning. Um... Uh, Imran, thank you very much. Foxes never quit. No, we do not. Um, maybe we just like taking the punishment, I'll tell you. Imran, I don't know if you have or not. I hope you have. If you haven't, and anybody else that hasn't done it yet, this is what I'd like you to do. Like and, sh like and share, but subscribe, please. All the subscriptions do help. Thank you very much. I'm going to be back. I'm going to rush off because I'm going to be back in less than an hour. And we're going to be doing with Louise the weekend roundup, looking at all the games. So back with Louise at nine o'clock. Thanks very much. Stay safe, guys. Remember, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. But don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. And that leaves it wide open. Good night. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.
Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ultimate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.